Hey listeners, we have a very rare opening for an associate sound designer mixer here at DeFacto Sound. That's my sound design studio and the studio behind 20,000 Hertz. To learn more, visit jobs.defactosound.com. This application window closes on May 22nd. Now, onto the show. From DeFacto Sound, you're listening to 20,000 Hertz, the stories behind the world's most recognizable and interesting sounds. I'm Dallas Taylor. This is the story of noise pollution, how it affects your health, and so much more. Imagine you're hiking through Yellowstone National Park. You've spent the better part of a day traversing steep inclines, boulders, and streams. You find a remote location just off of a major trail and decide to rest. As you begin to relax, you become overwhelmed by the majestic soundscape of this unadulterated wilderness. You close your eyes, listening to the beauty of the birdsong overhead, the steady babble of a nearby stream, the sound of the wind blowing softly through the trees. Just as you've settled into a deep relaxation, There's no getting around it. There are certain sounds that, when we hear them, we simply don't like it. But does this qualify them as noise pollution? What is noise? To get a better idea, I spoke with Les Blomberg, the executive director of the Noise Pollution Clearinghouse. The most common definition out there is noise is unwanted sound. And it's really the most unsatisfactory definition at the same time. It really doesn't describe what noise is. It paints noise only in terms of whether it's wanted or not. It makes it totally subjective. The way I like to define noise is noise is a sound that harms the well-being of people or animals or interferes with activities. There's also another definition of noise, which is noise is a sound that is out of place or inharmonious. So the loud clicking and clattering of a coffee shop, I'd say that's noise. The sounds from the apartment above that can best be described as bowling balls rolling around on the hardwood floor, that's probably noise as well. That annoying beeping sound the debit card reader makes when it's done reading your chip, that's definitely noise. But what are the major offenders? What sounds are so intrusive, so audibly aggressive that we collectively consider them a kind of pollution? For that, we have to go back to when it all started. It all began almost right at the turn of the century in 1903. We have the founding of the Ford Motor Company. We have the founding of Harley-Davidson motorcycles. We have the Kitty Hawk flight. We have just this explosion of internal combustion engines that are making noise across the country. Then around the 1950s, we have the addition of the jet engine, the gas mower, the snowmobile, the jet ski, the leaf blower. We see an invention of a noise, kind of the growth of that noise source, 
And then probably the most important thing is the spreading of this noise from our urban areas to our suburban or rural areas. And that's really the most striking thing in the last century, is that what we've lost is opportunities for peace and quiet. For over a century, we've been dealing with a massive rise in noise pollution across the country. But recognizing the sources of noise pollution is only the first step. Measuring it is another matter altogether. Our measure of noise pollution, we define as the number of decibels above natural. That's Rachel Buxton, an acoustic ecologist and conservation biologist at Colorado State University. She's been working with her colleagues at CSU, along with the National Park Service, to predict levels of noise pollution across the United States. when we're talking about anthropogenic noise pollution or human-caused noise pollution, this is something that's human, like traffic, either from aircraft, vehicles, industrial noise, that sort of thing. We can't really think of it in the conventional way of 35 decibels is really quiet and 80 decibels is really loud. Decibels give a measurement of the pressure variations in the air. When measuring noise pollution, the important thing to find is the difference in noise. How much noise has crept in through pollution? A three decibel increase in sound energy above natural would be a doubling of sound energy. Another way of thinking about this is your listening area, so how far you can hear things. So if a human was walking in the woods and used to be able to hear some kind of sound, maybe a bird singing or their friend calling from 100 feet away. If anthropogenic noise raises sound energy by three decibels, instead of now hearing that sound at 100 feet, you can only hear it from 50 feet away. While the decibel may be an effective way to measure the intensity of a sound, It's important to note that noise pollution can be caused by many additional factors. Take a car alarm, for instance. It's high-pitched frequency. It's alternating between different jarring tones. It's repetitive nature. The decibel fails to account for all these other acoustic features. For example, consider waking up in the middle of the night to a persistent drip from a faucet. It isn't loud at all. A decibel measurement would read fairly low, but that doesn't keep it from disturbing your sleep. The best measure of noise is our ears. We get to hear the frequency, the content, the tones, all aspects of the noise, and not just one number that represents kind of but not exactly the loudness of that noise, which is the decibel level. The term noise pollution can at first seem kind of alarmist, Hearing the word pollution probably makes you think of air pollution, or possibly water or soil pollution, all of which infer some dire circumstance, a poisoning of the basic resources we all need to survive. But noise pollution? How can excess noise be a threat to our very survival? If you were to ask people 50 years ago, what's the problem with noise? Noise is an annoyance. That would be the problem with noise. Really, in the last 10 to 15 years, Scientists have studied noise and looked at it in terms of the cardiovascular effects and have found that noise is actually killing us. 
Researchers now are finding out that people who live near airports, two or 4% of the heart attacks that occur near that airport are related to the noise. Same with highways. Every month there's a new study on the health effects of noise. And we're, we're beginning to understand now that noise is much more than just an annoyance, that it actually has a uh, measurable effect on our health. Studies have linked noise pollution with hearing impairment, hypertension, elevated blood pressure, heart disease, changes in the immune system, and even birth defects. Exposure to high noise levels have also been linked to increased frequency of headaches, fatigue, stomach ulcers, and vertigo. Noise triggers our fight-or-flight response. It does this whether or not we are, quote, habituated to the noise. People say, oh, I get used to the noise. What they're saying is that it's not, on a conscious level, a distraction to me. But our biology, we've been hardwired for thousands and thousands of years to respond to noise. It triggers our fight-or-flight response. Either we're going to get a little amped up so we can uh, deal with this problem or run away from the problem. That still happens whether or not we're aware of it at a conscious level. Scientists think that that is the underlying cause of our cardiovascular effects that we are suffering. So even when it's not annoying us, noise pollution can still be taking its toll on our bodies. And it's not just our bodies being affected. The fight-or-flight response isn't an exclusively human trait. What happens when the noise we generate begins disturbing the rest of the ecosystem? Find out after the break. The hardest part of starting a business is coming up with a great idea. For every air fryer, video doorbell, or smart speaker that's sold in huge numbers, there are thousands of others that never made it. So that's the hard part. Now, here's the easy part. Selling online with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. You don't need to know how to code or understand anything about design. And you definitely don't need a degree in accountancy. Just choose the template you like, upload some descriptions and images, and you're ready to start selling. You're probably already using Shopify and don't even realize it. That's because according to their own data, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Huge companies like Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen use Shopify, along with millions of other entrepreneurs from 175 countries around the world. Here's how you can get started. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash 20k, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash 20k now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash 20k. For me, the hardest part of hiring is narrowing down the search, and that's where Indeed can help. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million visitors every month. That makes it the world's largest platform for finding skilled staff. In fact, during the time it'll take me to read this ad, 23 people will have been hired on Indeed. Whenever we list a job, we get a lot of applications. So many of them are from brilliant and talented people. But it can be really hard to have those applications rise to the top. With Indeed's smart matching engine, that process becomes a lot easier. And over time, the matching engine learns your preferences. The more you use it, the more efficient it becomes. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers said that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. 
Right now, our listeners can get a $75 sponsored job credit at Indeed.com slash Hertz. That's Indeed.com slash H-E-R-T-Z. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We've heard about different sources of noise pollution and the negative effects it can have on our health. But what about the rest of the planet? As some of our most primal instincts can be triggered by noise, it's not hard to believe that humans aren't the only ones affected. Noise pollution can mask natural sounds or cover up those natural sounds. And those natural sounds are even more important for wildlife. They can actually be the difference between life and death. So if you think about prey that's listening for a predator in the bushes, if an anthropogenic noise covers up that sound, it could mean that that prey is going to end up being eaten. Also, noise pollution is known to just scare away animals. So an animal may perceive noise pollution as a threat. And in that case, that would initiate a fight or flight response and the animal would flee an area, causing sort of changes in distribution of animals. Unfortunately, the negative effects of noise pollution aren't confined to the animal kingdom alone. Some studies suggest that even plant life can be affected. Plants grow in response to the vibrations from water sound. So underground, water actually vibrates the soil, and plants orient themselves towards those vibrations. So they can sense the vibrations from the water sound and grow their roots towards that water source. If we start messing with these fine-tuned mechanisms that different species have in place to orient towards sound to perform really basic life functions, you know, we could be messing with things that are a much larger scale than we think. You don't often think about excess noise having a direct effect on an entire ecosystem. What's equally surprising, though, is what happens when noise pollution begins to affect the way we act. Back in the 70s, there was this whole host of experiments around civility, like there is today around cardiovascular effects of noise. They had a guy in a cast drop some packages in a noisy environment and in a quiet environment. The noise was, I believe, provided by a lawnmower right nearby. And the quiet was the same exact location without the lawnmower. And they looked at how many people were willing to help this guy pick up his packages. And in the noisy environment, the helping behavior was reduced. They've done this experiment in many different ways. They've done it in noisy offices. You got the same office building, the same people. You take somebody through the office building. You ask them, how much do you think this person is worth? He, he, he works here, answers the phones. He does this, he does that, she does that. The subject would say how much they thought the person should get paid. Then they controlled the noise level in the environment. And when it was noisier, people recommended lower values. So... Next time you ask for a raise, make sure you do it in a great sounding space. As our communities become noisier, we are more likely to be less civil and less generous to others. And I think that's really a problem as we try to live together in an increasingly smaller world. If learning of all of these negative effects of noise pollution has your head spinning, you're not alone. 
But don't go plugging your ears just yet. There's a chance that the future may just be a little bit quieter. The same technology that makes the noise can be used to reduce the noise. For example, electric lawn equipment, electric vehicles, electric buses, electric cars, all of these are much, much quieter than internal combustion engine vehicles and, and devices. And so uh, there's this real potential that the 21st century will not be as loud. For now, though, the best way to combat noise pollution is to raise awareness. And the best way to do that? Encourage others to listen. If you think of Yellowstone, you know, you've got those bubbling mud pools from geothermal activity. You've got packs of wolves which howl. You've got valleys filled with bird song. We go to these beautiful national parks in our country, and we're in awe of these beautiful vistas, like the Grand Canyon or Yellowstone National Park. But something we want to try and encourage people to do is take some time to appreciate those acoustic resources as really magnificent and adding to the park's character and worthy of our protection. Noise creates a kind of acoustic competition for our attention. We're not always annoyed by the sound of road traffic or an aircraft in the distance, but we can all agree, it's nice to be able to get away from it all, even if just for a little while. And when we finally get away, the sound we hear then, those sounds are worth saving. Twenty Thousand Hertz is presented by DeFacto Sound, a sound team dedicated to making the world sound better. Whether it's a video, film, or game, DeFacto makes it sound insanely cool. Find out more at defactosound.com. This episode was written and produced by Dave Parsons and me, Dallas Taylor, with help from Sam Sneebly. It was sound designed and mixed by Nick Spradlin. Thanks to our guest Les Blomberg from the Noise Pollution Clearinghouse. The Noise Pollution Clearinghouse is a national nonprofit organization with extensive online noise related resources. Find out more at nonoise.org. Thanks also to our guest, Rachel Buxton from Colorado State University. This episode would not have been possible without the amazing work she and her group at CSU are doing alongside the National Park Service. All of the music in this episode is from Musicbed. Musicbed has a curated catalog of over 650 great indie bands and composers, all available for licensing. Check out a playlist of all of the incredible tracks we've used at music.20k.org. You can say hello, submit a show idea, or give general feedback through Facebook, Twitter, or over email. I particularly love hearing your voice, so if you have something you'd like to share, send a voice memo to hi at 20k.org. If you're a little shy about recording your voice, that's okay. You can also send a normal email too. You can do that through our website or hi at 20k.org. You'll find all of the links I mentioned in the show description. Thanks for listening. Listening.